The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. And this is the first one on the first day of this year, 2022, and we're starting with a brand new format, which we hope very much you're going to like. But as always, our producer, Darren Ball, will be on the show with uh, your questions, your comments, and uh, hopefully some uh, insights. Sometimes, actually, you've been sending in your own moments of truth, and they've been very Very interesting. So uh, we're going to share some of those during the course of this new format over the year. But but may I wish a very happy new year to all our listeners. And let's hope it's a year of peace, enlightenment, good health, and above all, spiritual freedom, because that's what we're all about here. And we're starting, as I say, this year with a brand new format. And we hope this is going to be more user friendly to you, our listeners. Uh, we have received so many comments, which we really appreciate. And we hope your comments and questions, by the way, will continue to come in as we go forward into this new format. Uh, we had a wonderful selection. I hope you agree of guests. And I know some of you have commented on them last year. And it, they led us into spiritual practices. They shared their moments of truth. And Many of you said how you've inspired you've been by these. So we want to thank all our guests from 2021. And we want to thank all of you who commented on their appearance. But we've also heard, and we've had this feedback, that it would be good to get a new insight from the Nine Freedoms, which, as you know, is the basis of this show, every week. An insight which, however far-reaching and cosmic it might be, and some of them really are, as regular listeners will know, but something we can all apply in one way or another in our lives today, to make this a living thing, a practical thing, something that really relates to our lives. And those of you who are new, by the way, I think Darren will be giving a few follow-up points uh, for you when he comes on, but we are based on a fantastic set of teachings known as the Nine Freedoms, which was delivered over 60 years ago through the mediumship of my master, Dr. George King, the late Dr. George King. He's passed on to higher things. And uh, this set of teachings has also had his commentaries. And this is really the basis of this particular show. And we found it, it brings forth multiple insights and useful tips and ways of living. Now, we've decided to put this show out in two into into this format of 15 minutes at a time now, and also to make it weekly. Researchers have told us that the most accessible time length for a podcast of this type is 15 minutes, something which is not too long to fit into your schedule every week, which can be listened to in a whole variety of settings, 
as many times as you like. So from now on, we're putting out a 15-minute podcast of the Spiritual Freedom Show every week, delivering a key statement or aphorism or guideline by Mars Sector 6, who delivered the nine freedoms, or by Dr. King. Mars Sector 6, again for new listeners, a cosmic intelligence and an extremely advanced one, in fact, a Lord of Karma. And the meaning of that will become clearer as the show's the podcasts progress. I'm going to throw whatever light I can on this wisdom and try and make it as usable as possible for you. And as I say, our producer, Darren Ball, will still be bringing at least one, maybe more of your questions and comments to the show every week. And from time to time, we'll have moments of truth, but from you and from time to time, we'll be giving you practices you can perform. So we're going to see how this goes. See how you like it as a weekly boost, if you like, to your life of nine freedoms wisdom, something you can practice and test out, see whether it works. And I'm sure that if you really try it, you'll find that it does. But you can come back and comment to us about that. That doesn't mean we'll never return to last year's format, but we're going to go with this in 2022. And from time to time, our thought of the week Uh, we will, as I say, include a practice. But let's start with our first pearl of wisdom from Mars Sector 6 in this new format, in this new year, which came towards the end of the ninth freedom. They were delivered on separate occasions, these nine freedoms. This is the ninth one, uh, and it is uh, actually solar existence. But these words don't relate to that in particular. They summarize the whole purpose behind the giving of all nine of the freedoms. And I think they'll resonate, especially with our regular listeners and hopefully with new listeners too. So here is our first extract of Mars Sector 6 speaking through Dr. George King over 60 years ago during the ninth freedom. The nine freedoms have been given. Uh, To Terra, at this time in order uh, to stimulate and rise the consciousness of the few uh, thinkers. Use this information well, for it will change you. For it will a cause multitudinous thoughts to come into your mind. For this information will be the dawning of wisdom for you. Wonderful words and wonderful energy coming from that great cosmic intelligence. And the nine freedoms were given to stimulate and raise the consciousness, and this is a very important point here, I think, of the few thinkers, that's the phrase. And that word few, by the way, could mean millions. But we won't limit it, uh, but it's few relative to the population of Earth. To a greater or lesser degree, at the moment it doesn't mean millions, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but hopefully one day it will. And it's not just people, by the way, who've directly read or heard these teachings, as we have here on the Spiritual Freedom Show, because these teachings go out into the mind belt every time we study them and apply our thoughts to them. We are risen. 
and to some degree the whole mind belt of our world must be risen by our study. That's an important point. You as a listener are helping to plant these seeds in the mind belt of earth every time you listen. You're not just studying or contemplating these things for your own benefit. You're also planting seeds in this mind belt to benefit the consciousness of the few thinkers around the world. That's not just on the physical realm of the world, by the way, because there are higher realms. That's where we go when we so-called die. Uh, Although this realm actually needs it far more than the higher ones, I must say. But use this information well, for it will change you, we're told. And this is an interesting statement. It will cause multitudinous thoughts to come into your mind. Has that happened to you? It certainly happened to me. And it may not be during a show. It could happen afterwards or not while you're studying it. It could happen when you wake up in the middle of the night. And if you do, it's because you are feeding your soul. I'd like to see that as a motto of this show. Feed your soul with wisdom because that's what we're doing. And by we, I mean Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King. We are the fortunate custodians of their wisdom, and we have the opportunity to pass it on to you in real depth. So that would be my thought for this week. Feed your soul with wisdom, and from it, multitudinous thoughts will come into your mind, and sometimes, by the way, exactly when you need them. This is the dawning of wisdom for us, as Mars Sector 6 puts it, And it's not just going to happen if we sit back passively waiting for it. That just won't happen. That doesn't work with anything. But it will happen if we actively engage in studying it, contemplating, uh, discussing in the right way the meaning of it, and become ourselves one of the few thinkers on earth who really does so. And I, I think all listeners to the Spiritual Freedom Show are most certainly in that category. And I'm going to bring Darren in and see if he agrees with that. So a welcome to our producer, Darren Ball. Thanks, Richard. And yes, yeah, certainly a fantastic first thought to uh, leave everyone in this, in this new format, which I am, of course, totally excited about as well. Um, all part of a mission to help uh, you, that's the listener, to discover the wisdom of the nine freedoms, wisdom that you can apply in your everyday life, in your quest to change the world and open the door of enlightenment. I just thought I'd share as well, you know, this is the, about the nine freedoms. This shows a series of profound spiritual teachings from another planet, as Richard said. They were given to Earth by being known as Mars Sector 6 in 1961 through the mediumship of Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, the founder of the Ethereus Society. You can find out more information at ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And also more information about Richard at richardlawrence.co.uk. Now, if you haven't written into the show before, do drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with any questions, comments, or even spiritual experiences that you'd like to share. I do try to share as many of them as I can on air with Richard and all of you. Now, this week, we have a question. Funny, you mentioned name check a little bit earlier, Richard, about life after death. And this person says, so basically, I'm looking for any available proof about what we really are and what happens to this part of us when we die. That's a very good question. That proof will be given to you. You know, with proof, of course, there are people who will always uh, dispute it, whether it be about UFOs or life after death or uh, the Kundalini or anything else. But you can certainly prove it to yourself. I think there's probably two absolutely certain ways you can do that. The very best way 
and this is difficult, I'm not saying you should try this or it'll happen immediately, but is through projecting from the body, having what is called an astral projection. Some people have those, though, uh, involuntarily, and there's some outstanding experiences. And this is anecdotal evidence, you might say, where people have even been given information out of their body, perhaps during a sleep state, but still meeting up with loved ones who have died and told things they didn't know, which the next day they checked and they turned out to be true. Um, so, I mean, that's the kind of evidence you can get much greater evidence than that. But that's one way. The other way, of course, is the numerous cases um, of people who've had contacts with people who have died. Um, these, there are other ways, such as remembering your past lives and so forth. And those things ha happen as you advance more. But certainly contacts with people who have died, there is a wealth, a multitude of evidence, study, uh, texts out there. I myself have had contacts with people who died. Uh, they've told me things I couldn't have known over and over again. Um, so I know it's true. You can learn through psychic development, uh, a balanced program of psychic development, to tell the difference. This is one of the things, by the way, that we, are, we shouldn't fear. Mars Sector 6 says in the Nine Freedoms is our psychic abilities, you can then learn to tell the difference between your imagination and a real psychic experience. And that way, you'll know whether it's your imagination, your wishful thinking, or a real, genuine, direct contact. And again, the best way, I think, is to do it yourself. Then even if everybody else says, oh, that's I don't believe you, uh, you haven't proved it to me, it doesn't make any difference because you will know it. Yeah, thanks very much, Richard. I thought, you know, it's funny that, you know, the th kind of three broad options that people tend to talk about, you know, internal heaven or hell or just your body rotting in the ground or reincarnation is that reincarnation is really the only one with any evidence really at all. And, you know, the others, you know, people kind of just follow out of a blind belief. And I think it, it does pay us well to open our mind and to study these teachings. We can help to enlighten us to, as this question asked, really what we are and what happens to this part of us when we die. And that's why we have the Spiritual Freedom Show, which has come to an end now in our new format. So thank you to Darren Ball, our producer. Thank you for all to, who listened. And let's all remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. So we're in our new format, our 15-minute format, but please do know that you can look at the one-hour shows we did in 2021, and Darren Ball, our producer, who always joins me uh, with questions and comments from you, will explain how you can do that. But today, we're going to get into uh, something I actually love. It's a statement that uh, Dr. King has made more than once, 
And each week, we want to give you a takeaway, something you can apply, something you can think about, something you can use in your life. So this one by Mars Sector 6 in The Nine Freedoms uh, is actually going to be a commentary that Dr. King made about it. So sometimes we'll play Mars Sector 6 and sometimes we'll play Dr. King commenting on the nine freedoms. This one's taken from a comment he made about the seventh freedom in Detroit uh, 60 years ago in 1962, the seventh freedom being interplanetary existence. But actually that's not particularly relevant to this comment. Uh, This comment isn't actually about that. It's one he's made in other lectures. But here I think it's put very concisely, very simply. And he tells us in his usual, no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point manner, exactly why we are here on Earth. So let's get straight to the extract and listen to Dr. King giving the answer to the question, why are we here on Earth? You ask, why am I, William Smith, here? And the answer is given in one sentence. You are here to learn control of the Kundalini force. That's it. And that's the sentence. William Smith, wherever you are, that is the reason you are on earth. There isn't two reasons. That's the only one. Because everything else is in that framework. We are here to learn control of the Kundalini force. What on earth does that mean? Some people may never have heard of Kundalini, uh, and it needs to be explained. And, of course, Dr. King's saying that there isn't two reasons, there's only one. And here's a key point, because everything else is in that framework. So the first thing is to say that you don't need to know about Kundalini to learn to control it. That may sound very strange, but people have demonstrated their control over Kundalini through the centuries, in some cases without ever having heard of the word or even the exact concept. Uh, They've still done it. They've done it through another route. Uh, If you do, though, know about Kundalini and what it is exactly, you're fortunate and you're able to be more consciously aware of the exact process at work. Uh, There are millions in the process, though, of doing this, i.e. controlling kundalini, which is why we're here, without ever having heard that word. So that's an important thing to bear in mind. Now, bear in mind that for centuries, this was regarded as secret knowledge. It was unknown in the West. It would be possible to attain a state of high enlightenment even without it. Knowing about, without knowing, I should say, about Kundalini, you'd be aware of its effects. You might feel its great heat, its movement at the base of the spine. You might, in one way or another, experience the opening of the chakras or psychic centers or the whirling energies within the nadis, which is the psychic channels within our aura, without ever having heard of nadis or even knowing exactly what an aura is. You could still have these experiences but you wouldn't necessarily know and be aware of what exactly is taking place. Uh, You might interpret it in a very different way, as some of the mystic saints and others through history did, unless you've been taught that these were the direct result of learning to control the Kundalini. Now, of course, there would come a stage even then, and I would say at a very high level, when you would know about it. 
but that could have been at one time at quite a late stage uh, in your development. And let me give an example of that. A Wordsworth poem written at Tinton Abbey described as describes a state of consciousness induced by the rise of Kundalini, even though in 18th century England he'd have had no access to that kind of knowledge. And let me read from it and you'll see, I think, what I mean. And this is now a quote. The breath of this corporeal frame and even the motion of our human blood almost suspended, we are laid asleep in body and become a living soul while with an eye made quiet by the power of harmony and the deep power of joy, we see into the life of things. That's absolutely a Kundalini-driven, high, elevated experience, showing that Wordsworth, without having been taught these things, in that life anyway, understood the awakening of his third eye or Christ sent. He doesn't talk about eyes, he talks about an eye, made quiet, That's a very interesting statement. Uh, Dr. King told a good friend of mine, the late Alan Mosley, by the way, and he was a bishop in the Etherist churches, and I believe he still is, but not on this realm. But if you do know about Kundalini, you'll have a much more complete understanding of the process which is taking place as we evolve. So nowadays, it's a fairly well-known word. And let me say right away, you don't need to practice Kundalini yoga or anything called Kundalini Yoga to raise the Kundalini. In fact, I'd advise you not to attempt to practice Kundalini Yoga uh, if you really did know the exercises. And, And there's so much taught now, and some of it is wrong, and it won't really work, and so you'll be quite safe because it doesn't work. But it won't be very useful to you. But if it really did, it could be quite dangerous to your health and mental well-being. We're not uh, advising that at all. But I can tell you uh, with tremendous confidence that and experience to some degree anyway, that the exercises contained in the book I was honoured to co-author. And I don't say this because I co-authored it because it's not my book. It's the main author's book. That's Dr. George King. Realise your inner potential. Those exercises and the exercise called the or the practice called the 12 blessings, those two things are all you need in terms of spiritual practices to learn to control the Kundalini force. That's my opinion. It's only my opinion, but it's a considered one made over 50 years, by the way. I'd add one proviso that you would also need to give service as well. It wouldn't be enough just to do spiritual practices you would have to be giving practical uh, and sometimes material service in one way or another to a cause of your choosing. And the higher the cause, the more effective the cause, the greater the karmic manipulation, and therefore the greater control you will start to gain over Kundalini because it will rise more, uh, because you will deserve it to rise more. And you'll be drawing higher energies to you because your service is that much higher. Now, we have to remember that Kundalini activates our psychic centers to differing degrees, depending how advanced we are. A rise of consciousness comes about only when there is a rise in Kundalini. And just to explain it again, in in old writings, you'll see Kundalini depicted as a half or three and a half, I should say, coiled serpent. But in actual fact, it's an energy. It's a female force. 
And it's interesting that it's a female force. I think significant that we live on a female planet, the Mother Earth. It's associated with the element of fire. Now, one could go on at some length about it, uh, but to reach the higher stages of meditation or samadhi, extreme self-discipline would be necessary, requiring detachment from all materialistic desire, uh, complete celibacy, and so on. But there are things we can do uh, that will really make it an active thing. And I'm going to just name some of them. Prayer, mantra, breathing exercises, service, I've mentioned before, which is an expression of love. They'll redirect the flow of the universal life forces through the nadis, through the psychic channels upwards in a positive, balanced way and cause a natural, unforced rise of kundalini as and when we're ready to have that. And there are other things we will need to do at some stage, which will include concentration, vital, contemplation, positive visualization, and then practical things such as a balanced diet, sufficient exercise, some relaxation. But overall, there that is enough. It's not something that is unattainable to us, uh, we could, we can do these things. Um, so that's a truth. It's a very important truth. Uh, it, it's the one reason we're here on earth. And you could listen to a quiz show and there would be many true answers given during it, but most of them don't really matter. It really doesn't matter if a particular battle was fought in one year or another, or whether you know, know the name of the longest river in China, but it does matter that you can manipulate karma through service to others and that one day we'll go through an initiation called ascension. So even listening to the spiritual freedom show, especially if you really take on board and contemplate on this knowledge we're privileged to share with you, will help you to raise and control to some degree Kundalini. And that, as Dr. King put it, is the only reason we're on earth at all. Darren, welcome into the show. Thanks very much, Richard. You know, my first thought listening to the spiritual wisdom and knowledge that we have from our sector six and Dr. King is that um, it's difficult to imagine a world without it. But, you know, um, 100 years ago, you would have to probably really prove yourself to a master to get even a fraction of this. So we are privileged. Very true. Thank you, Richard. You know, hi to everybody listening to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Uh, As I said last time, we're here on a mission to help you to discover the wisdom of the nine freedoms, wisdom that you can apply in everyday life in your quest to change the world and open the door of enlightenment. Nine Freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings from another planet. They were given to Earth by a being known as Mars Sector 6 in 1961 through the mediumship of Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, the founder of the Ethereum Society. You can find out more information at ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And also more information about Richard at richardlaunch.co.uk. I'd like to invite you, of course, also to check out our past episodes and a whole variety of amazing spiritual topics too. Now, if you haven't written to the show before, do drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlaunch.co.uk with any questions, comments, or even spiritual experiences that you'd like to share. And I do try to share as many of them as I can with Richard on the air. This week, Richard, we have a question about karma. And... uh, This person says, well, it's interesting, I think, because we touched on this briefly in a a conversation earlier um, in a a previous episode, and I was interested to see it come up again. And they say, I'm a beginner at this. And when I practice the blessings, they're referring to the 12 blessings there, things seem to go wrong family-wise, which takes my time and effort and creates fear. Is this a coincidence? 
Um, well, that's a that, that's probably a vast question which we haven't really got time to go into. Um, it could be a perception. It depends on the sort of conditions in which the person is doing it. I mean, maybe the energies are bringing something out, and it's even possible that they need to be brought out. Um, but certainly, sometimes when you're doing spiritual work of all kinds, you will meet obstacles, you will meet tests. Uh, that's part of the nature of the path, uh, and it's and it's one thing the nine freedoms will help to steer us through, especially that first freedom of bravery. But all of the freedoms will help to steer us through these tests, and uh, it can be a short-term reaction because also the opposite can definitely happen. And I can vouch for this, that you can be doing a practice like that and you'll find much warmer reactions, more friendly reactions uh, from those people around you because they can subconsciously at least detect the energy which is flowing into their lives. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think it's very good to remember the, the, the positive side of all of this as well um, and the amazing difference that you can start to have not only in yourself, but also in the people around you when you start to radiate this energy um, to them. And as the master, I think, says, everywhere that you go, um, in some ways, like a, like, a, like the sun does, um, helping to inspire, uplift and even heal people. Absolutely. What a great note to end on. So let's just close with our motto, uh, actually the motto of the Aetherius Society, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. And thank you for your comments coming in uh, to our producer, Darren Ball, who'll be joining us later on this new format. Uh, we're hoping it's, and we're finding that it's very user-friendly. Uh, it's, uh, we hope, a sort of a booster, a weekly booster. And this is something that uh, we're going to carry on. And today we're going to be looking, as we always do, at the nine freedoms as delivered by Mars Sector 6, uh, Lord of Karma, through Dr. George King over 60 years ago, Dr. King being a medium. Uh, and sometimes we also hear the words of Dr. King himself, as we did last week. And today we're looking at the very opening words of the very first of the nine freedoms. And the name of that freedom is bravery. Bearing in mind that these freedoms weren't necessarily given in order of importance. But why is it that Mars Sector 6 pronounced bravery as the first freedom. And in doing so, I would suggest he changed the spiritual priorities of the previous age into what would be required in the coming new age. Uh, yes, bravery was always essential on the spiritual path, but I don't think it was placed as the first freedom uh, or the first stage as it were before. But I do repeat, they weren't necessarily given in order of importance. And he st stated that the first freedom will be, not is, by the way, but will be 
bravery. So that marks a great change. Let's get straight into it and let's listen to these opening words as delivered through Dr. King in a deep, somatic trance uh, and the words of Mars Sector 6 speaking through him. This is Mars Sector 6 pronouncing the nine of freedoms. The first of freedom will be a bravery, a bravery is essential in all of things, a form, a while, uh, the aspirant allows the a negative accumulation of a fear a to a discolum uh, his outlook he cannot ever um, truly aspire um, at all a freedom a freedom uh, from fear um, uh, can be uh, brought into active manifestation within all uh, men providing uh, they have a knowledge a knowledge of the right kind a dispenses a fear whether this fear a manifestation a be a petty or a be a more potent. So bravery is essential in all things. In other words, you won't get anywhere without it. You won't get any type of freedom, and especially spiritual freedom. And Mars Sector 6 there is talking about fear in a very different way. He talks about the negative accumulation of fear, as though it's some kind of energy which is piling up and then discolors his outlook. In other words, the thought patterns uh, come later. And you know what it's like. You can tell one thing to one person and they see it in one way. And you can say the same thing to another person. They see it in a much more positive way. And so if you have someone who has a negative accumulation of fear and they are given certain facts, those that energy will discolor, discolor their outlook on those same facts. And later he talks about fear manifestation 
And that, again, is a suggestion of some kind of force or energy, which we can, and this is the good news, completely dispense with. And why do we want to do that? Because it's a negative force. It's more than a thought or even a series of thoughts. It's an energy and a lower one, and it discolors, as I say, our outlook. A person who is preying on this fear energy will see things through the eyes of fear, the discoloring eyes of fear. It may not seem to be fear. It might seem to be a morbid pessimism or a tendency towards expecting the worst or imagining bad things are go to, going to happen when there's no particular reason for them to happen. And it can apply to everything from the petty to the more potent as Mars Sector 6. But what, and this is the key thing, can we do about it? Now, in the first freedom, we're given several keys to overcoming fear, and they start right here in this opening extract, in these opening words, with one of those keys. And this is the key I want to focus on in this podcast and this show. Because as the extract makes clear, it's one that can be applied to small things in life, and to big ones. And strange enough, the answer to big problems can be easier to see sometimes than the answer to small ones. Easier see, but not necessarily easier to do because of the emotions attached to these problems at the root of which you invariably find fear. It might be given another name. Uh, it might be called, in the old days, it was called sometimes a complex. It could be called a phobia. Uh, there are all kinds of ways of looking at it, but somewhere in there, you'll find fear contaminating an outlook. Let me give you a really basic and pretty unimportant example, which I think illustrates it. I don't know whether you play golf or not, but whether you do or not, I think you'll understand this. You're on the fairway. Ahead of you is a putting green. You want to get to it in one shot. It's a beautiful fairway with no obstacles between you and the green, and all you need is to do an accurate shot of the right length. Now, here's another scenario. You're on the fairway with exactly the same distance between you and the green as the previous example, but and it requires the same shot, the same accuracy. There is no difference at all. But in the second case, you've got water between you. You've got a river perhaps crossing the fairway. You've got sand pits. It doesn't feel the same because of your... And this is... I, I'm sorry, I have to apologise. It's a very petty example. It doesn't even really matter but your little tiny fears of what could happen affect the shot, whereas actually they shouldn't. It's only a game of golf, but you take my point. Now, apply that to something that really matters, and you can see what I mean. What is the key? Knowledge. This can bring freedom from fear, and it can be applied to every situation. In the game of golf, it would have been knowing how to play that shot. That would be enough. But in important things... Knowledge can transmute both the thought and the energy. So let's see what right knowledge is that can dispense with fear. The most obvious example to me is karma. Let's add to that life after death. If you had a real knowledge of those two things alone, I think many fears would be immediately transmuted. And you can see it if you've been unfortunate enough to go to one recently at a funeral. They are mourning their loss of a loved one. And that's perfectly understandable. We've all done it. But sometimes with those who don't believe in life after death, with those who don't understand karma, it all seems futile. It all seems pointless. Uh, they're also a kind of a fear creeping in. 
Um, and, the, and, and it seems unfair as well to some people because they don't understand that right knowledge which, and if you add in reincarnation, all the better, would transmute a lot of the fears which are discoloring the outlook of their mourning, they're already mourning, and then these things are thrown in. Uh, that's an example of it, where the right knowledge so would would solve that. So today on this show, we're recommending to you karma, reincarnation, the truth about life after death. That's some examples of right knowledge. You can find out about it from the Ethereum Society. I would say that. I'm the secretary in Europe. But you can find out it from other sources too. I recommend the society. There are other sources. And then you'll find, if you do, that you have much less tendency to be fearful about a whole variety of matters which arise in your life. Welcome to the show, our producer, Darren Ball. Thanks so much, Richard. I think it's a great point about how this uh, this knowledge of life after death can can really change the way that we live. And I think that's the, that's the takeaway that you've given us. So thanks very much. Um, and thanks to everybody for tuning into the show. We're on a mission here to help you discover the wisdom of the nine freedoms so that you can apply it in your quest to change the world and open the door of enlightenment. The nine freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings given by an advanced extraterrestrial intelligence known as Mars Sector 6. And do find out more about the nine freedoms at ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H. E-R-I-U-S dot org. Um, now, if you haven't been to the show before, do drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. I do really appreciate hearing from all of you, and I know Richard does too. Um, and we have one question here, Richard, about extraterrestrial life. So this person says, hello, and thank you for all that you do. On my journey this lifetime, I've gained a lot of wisdom from other religions that I've studied, and I'm grateful for that. Yet as of now, I have an unexplained restlessness inside myself that needs to know more about life. Is there really life on other planets? And I think this is the next part we could concentrate on here, Richard. If so, are they here among us? Actually, you've, this is a great question. It's a vast question. You'll get all the answers from the Ethereum Society. It's briefly, yes. Uh, sometimes they are among us. They are governed by karma, uh, and they give great wisdom. And one example is the wisdom we're talking about on this show, the nine freedoms. So please do come along to ethereus.org, and you'll find full answers to that question that you've asked. But you also raise a very interesting thing because this last year, actually, they revealed the fact, the American government revealed the fact, and some other governments too, that UFOs are real, that they really exist. They finally admitted it. But that has been discolored with fear. It's an example of what we're talking about today. Yeah. And it gets mixed up with people talking about, oh dear, are they out to conquer us? Are they out? If they had the right knowledge on this subject, their whole approach would be free of fear. They'd just have a, an open-minded investigation without all the politics and the defense and the armaments uh, because, of course, they're friendly and, of course, they're wise and, of course, they're more advanced than we are. If they weren't, we'd be in grave difficulties a long time. In fact, it all would have been over a long time ago. So it's not logical, but it is a fear which is undermining their correct perception of the very question you asked about. So you've given us a fantastic example, I think, there, Darren, for this show. Yeah, I think in the cold light of logic, when you look at the truth about UFOs and spiritual aliens, extraterrestrial life, <laughs> it's um, it's amazing that that we could really ever come to the conclusion that they are that they are out to get us. I mean, there's I think there's evidence upon evidence that you can find on the Theory Society website and in the teachings that show us um, how much they really are here to help us um, with a tremendous compassion that we can you know, really barely fathom, I think. Yeah, and that would be another example of right knowledge 
uh, and very, very important knowledge, especially in these days and especially in the new age. So thanks so much for listening. Do bear in mind, you can also find on ethereus.org or your podcast app, some of the one hour shows we were doing in 2021 every twice a month, but now we're on a weekly 15 minute uh, program and it's so far so good i think from what we hear i just end as we always end with that wonderful aphorism from the nine freedoms service is the jewel in the rock of attainment the spiritual freedom show with richard lawrence where politics is not the answer materialism counts for nothing and spirituality will set you free I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. So later we're going to be joined by our producer, Darren Ball, with more of your questions and comments. And we're looking forward to that very much. But first, we're going to look at our next extract, our next focus uh, for this particular show. So last time we looked at the opening words of the first freedom, bravery. And now we're going to look at the opening words of the second freedom, love. So once again... This is a declaration of law as much as it is a teaching. If love wasn't the second freedom before this, it definitely is now. And this is something which is constantly talked about, isn't it? Love. Everybody talks about it and you can understand why. I think most people would agree. It's at the very core of what makes life worthwhile. The only problem is, though, that people mean very different things when they use the word love. So let's listen now to what Mars Sector 6 says it is through the mediumship of Dr. George King. And as always, he gets straight to the point in just a few words in this opening salvo of spiritual revelation, which is the second freedom. But before we do that, I want to just to remind you, especially new listeners, that the word terror is used. It's used from time to time by Mars Sector 6 and other cosmic masters speaking through Dr. King, what it actually is, is the word T-E-R-R-A. It is not the word T-E-R-R-O-R. So when terror is said, its fact was the Roman word for the Greek goddess Gaia, or as we would now say, the Mother Earth. And you're going to hear that word used in this particular extract. So let's listen now then to the opening words of the second freedom. This is Mars Sector 6. The second of freedom will be love upon a terror, this a word is 
wrongly used. Love is not the measure of emotion, whether soft or violent. It is something deeper, something greater, something which cannot be measured even in a mind a conception. Love is an all permeating energy which is above a mind. So we have there Mars Sector 6 telling us that the word love is wrongly used on Earth and indeed he is so right, isn't he? I mean, you've only got to turn on the radio to any sort of popular music channel and you'll hear it used over and over again in the wrong way or shall we say in a limited way. Because love, we're told here, is not the measure of emotion, whether soft or violent, says Mars Sector 6. It's something deeper, it's something greater. So it's not about attachment between people. It's not limited to so-called love affairs or romantic liaisons, if you like. And it's definitely not limited just to your family and your close friends, whom we all think of as our loved ones, don't we? But let's be clear, and I don't want any to give any false impression here or mislead you in any way about this. Of course, we all have those we think of as loved ones, and there's nothing, of course, wrong in that. In fact, we should honour genuine commitments to those who are in our lives. Uh, it will vary from person to person just how many of these we have in our lives and, frankly, how many we actually need. But that depends on the nature, the lifestyle, the evolution of the individual concerned. But whatever personal relationships we may or may not have in our lives, and however much various people mean to us, and I'm certainly not in any way undervaluing that, but however much we do have this, love is not, we're told here, a measure of emotion. In fact, Mars Sector 6 puts it very bluntly, as he so often does put points, in very few words, when he says, love cannot be measured in mind conception. So it's not an aspect of mind at all. And if it is an aspect, if it's not an aspect of mind, and the emotions can, of course, be measured in mind conception, if love is deeper and greater than that, and we're told that it is, what then is it? And here, Mars Sector 6 gets straight to the point and tells us in one very simple sentence that love is in fact an all-permeating energy which is above mind. I think that's a great definition. It's one worth taking away from this show, I think. An all-permeating energy which is 
above mind. And in that one statement, he leaves behind many schools of philosophy, even of mysticism. In fact, even some schools of advanced yoga, which are designed to elevate the mind, transform the mind, tap into the highest levels of mind, but not, in some cases, to go beyond them. But the whole essence, the whole nature of existence throughout the cosmos, never mind here on Earth, is energy, prana, if you like, chi, if you like. And this energy is conditioned in one way or another by mind, but in its purest essence, it is above mind. It is love, love energy. So it cannot be limited in that essence by personal attachment, desire, need, any human attribute. It's constantly limited by these things, and sometimes it's limited by selfishness, possessiveness, jealousy. Uh, we see it in poems, writings, even in religious and philosophical tracts uh, where it's used wrongly, but it's an energy. And the best way to prove that to yourself isn't through theoretical discussion, but through direct contact with that energy, which, and this is the good news, everyone can do. So let's do it now. I know some of you might be listening to this in a car or somewhere where it's not safe or practical to do this, in which case you'll have to do it later. But for those who can, let's right now practice the second freedom by contacting this all permeating energy for ourselves. And if you experience a reaction from doing this, as I did, by the way, the first time I did this, about 50 years ago, if you can feel in one way or another this energy, Right into our show, to our producer, Darren Ball, uh, and we'll be very interested. I'm not guaranteeing it will happen. It could take more experience. It could take more practice, but it might. So let's get to it. Be seated with the spine straight without tensing your shoulders or neck. Breathe deeply and as evenly as possible without any strain. Do this for a few moments until you get into a rhythm and then keep the deep breathing going naturally. Now, visualize a pure white light flowing down through the whole of your being from above the head, coursing through every part of you and several inches around you through the feet and into the ground below. And keep up the deep breathing as you do this but focus on this visualization of pure white light. White, by the way, contains all the colors of the spectrum. Now raise your hands, bending your arms at the elbows with the palms facing forwards, and now visualize a rush of white light flowing down the arms, out through the palms, into the ethers around you. And keep that going, and keep the breathing going while you do it. Now, as well as the palms of the hands now, visualize the white light coursing down through you in a vibrant, living, dynamic stream of energy into your heart center or chakra situated a few inches in front of the center of your breastbone and outwards from there to the world. So now you're sending this energy out through the palms and through the heart center to the world, to humanity, to animals, even to plant life, to all life. And now try to feel a universal, benign love for all life and let the energy go. Don't force it, don't strain, allow it to flow through you and you are now radiating an all-permeating energy which is above mind, 
for the betterment of our world. It's a simple, it's profound, and it works. And you can spend longer time doing that, but when you finish, pass your right palm across your left palm in a smooth pass to end this practice and become very still. Did you experience anything? Let us know. If you did, don't be discouraged. It can take a while. But if you continue, especially with prayers such as the 12 blessings, sooner or later, you will. Now, I must bring in, at this point, Darren Ball, our producer. Darren. Hey, Richard. Thanks very much. Yeah, what better way to understand what this love is by starting to experience it for ourselves? Anyone tuning in for the first time, The Nine Freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings given by an advanced extraterrestrial intelligence known as Mars Sector 6. And you can find out more about it at ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Uh, we really do appreciate hearing from everybody listening. As Richard said, I do pick out something to share on every show. So if you haven't written to us before, do drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with any questions, comments, or spiritual experiences that you'd like to share. And this week we have uh, someone who's obviously going through a real experience and searching for guidance. And they said this, I've had such a strong inquisitive thirst for truth since I was four years old. I've questioned religion, time travel, aliens, and evolution all my life. I'm now 41 and I'm still trying to search, still trying to find answers to my questions. I've always been intuitive, but never paid attention to it. But in the last three years, I've had a lot of moments where I just seem to know things. And I'll, I'll have a conversation and then it'll be as quickly as a few minutes or, or a couple of days and what I've said will come true. And it's now starting to scare me slightly and it's becoming because it's becoming a daily occurrence. So I feel confused and I feel like I'm ready to put myself into a mental institute, but I'm looking for peace and truth and why I am the way that I am. So I'm hoping that you might have some answers to share with me. Interesting. And, you know, I wouldn't want to be dogmatic about a person's individual experiences. Obviously, you need to keep your feet firmly on the ground, be level-headed. That's one of the tests on this path, actually. But if you're having intuitive experiences which are coming true, that's perfectly natural. Uh, and it's something to be gently, I would advise, gently embraced. Um, you know, it's a temptation when things start to develop, and especially psychic powers, to get carried away with it, to get almost fanatical about it. Don't. Keep very level. Keep very grounded. Note these experiences. Don't expect everybody to believe you because they won't. Uh, but at the same time, follow your inner voice. Follow your intuition, uh, unless it's guiding you to somewhere really bad and then you that's a warning you've got it wrong because the intuition is always right but we're not always right in the way we interpret it you can rely on it but can you rely on your own interpretation so if you don't know just let it go say i don't know you don't have to know all the answers to everything all the time i think that's the best advice i can give in just a few seconds there darren so thank you all for listening to the show and always remember service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.